Welcome to Rhythm of Previews, where we check out the preview chapters of The Rhythm of War, the fourth Stormlight Archive novel. I am Danielle with the 17th Shard. And I'm Marvin. Hello. Um, <laughs> as always, there will be Rhythm of War spoilers uh, from here on out. So, what annotations do we have for chapter 10? Yeah, so Brendan actually called it the sort of culmination of an arc he's been building for Kaladin basically over the last four books. And you really notice that because it ends here. Uh, or Kaladin isn't a soldier anymore after this, so or not, not uh, on the field at least. And he knew that what happened to Kaladin, like everything he had in his past would deeply affect a person and he wanted to po accurately portray that from the start like his depression and how it um, evolved and he sort of compared it to uh, brandon compared it to how um he's decided to treat chalance's order more realistically in rhythm of, of war now as he's noted in a previous annotation and he did stress that while he didn't really specifically set out to cover mental health as such in the Stormlight Archive. It did become this integral theme and it's sort of, for him, it's just a natural consequence of how the characters evolve and what they go through. So it sort of is just a byproduct of the story to him in a way, but that he still cares deeply about it and wants to portray it accurately. And something else you note about chapter 10 is that we also got sort of the ending for this sort of in-between book, which uh, sort of covers the in-between year. And we are now at an end. And you also mentioned in the annotation already that this chapter 11 would be an eventually chapter now. Yay. <laughs> Yay. We've been waiting so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that so many people can um, kind of connect with this book and this series because of the mental health issues that are addressed in it. A lot of people um, have some strong opinions about it, but I think that it's really important, um, really important to discuss in terms of a fantasy novel because it kind of takes it away from, you know, everyday earth and puts it into these fantastic situations and lets you uh, view these common symptoms but in a new lens which is really cool i really appreciate that yeah like it really adds a lot of depth for the characters as a whole because they have actual struggles they deal with internally and mm -hmm. uh, sort of is a great way i guess to portray these mental health issues so that's really cool yeah yeah um, let's dig into this chapter. We have our epigraph. Um, so the epigraph states that iron cages are attractors. They pull elements in. For example, a smoke fabrial sucks in all the smoke close to it. Um, they don't know which metal to use for repeller, but research that they've done in the book should, uh, says that it should be possible. Which is kind of interesting. What do you think? Yeah. About Iron creating attractors seems really like obvious in hindsight again, because mm -hmm. in Elementary, of, of course, iron is the pulling metal or the physical pulling metal. 
And the only thing I find weird is how it sort of serves a dual purpose in a way, because last chapter in the epigraph we had it that it and steel can uh, reverse polarity of the fabric, whatever that means. But so I'm not sure how the difference would manifest. Mm. At, like I was thinking maybe it's through because they Navani mentioned last chapter that it depends on where which metal touches the gemstone and maybe it's a matter of just touching the surface of it versus actually going through a hole you drilled into it which Mm -hmm. determines the effect maybe yeah Yeah, i was kind of confused about that because i I also figured that reversing the polarity of it would just kind of change like if it pulls things in it would send things out and so I thought that that would lead to this discovery that you can create a repeller, but apparently mm-hmm. they haven't created one yet, or they, they're trying to, but um, I don't know, that's kind of strange. Yeah. I, I mean, from a wider cosmonaut, we know that steel is the sort of natural counterpart for iron in, mm-hmm. in the cosmere, or in elements at least, and on the metallic arts. So it would make sense for steel to be the repeller metal, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they would have tried steel before, and apparently it's not the one. It's I think it's a little weird that they apparently haven't found it out yet. Yeah. But, I mean, this research is ongoing, as Navani says in the notebook. Like they're, they're planning on testing out some new things because they found some new discoveries, which mm-hmm. I don't know what discoveries she's made, but... Um, <laughs> It's exciting from a research standpoint. <laughs> yeah. And actually thinking about these epigraphs are written, I think, in the first month of the mm-hmm. of the new year. So they're probably before the story happens, probably or at least contemporary with it, mm-hmm. like with the first few parts. So yeah. um, are they making these discoveries in the book or did they happen in between? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. yeah well- what was the year that this was published? I don't remember. Uh, it mentions the year. Yeah, eleven seventy-five, and mm-hmm. so Oathbringer was beginning of eleven seventy-four, and research is ongoing. All right, so let's dig in. Um, this chapter, chapter eleven, is called "Passion and Courage," and if that doesn't sound like a Venley chapter, I don't know what does. Um, Venley is in the service of Leshwi. She's her voice, with capital V, to interpret and anticipate the feud's needs. Um, She's introducing a new assistant, Schumann, who is actually a secret supporter of Venli's cause. Um, Venli is both radiant and regal, which is a new term, I think. Um, This helps her retain um, her own autonomy from... uh, Odium and the void spren that's uh, in her gem heart. And she wants to create a place for singers um, who don't want to be ruled by either Odium or Honor. They just want their own place. Uh, Leshwi and Venli are speaking about Kaladin. Um, they talk about how he killed a fused called Lesion the Pursuer. Um, Venli introduces a human tailor and she's doing this just to see what Leshwi's reaction would be to another human being introduced. Um, 
But Leshwe decided not to promote a human over the singers, instead using her as a teacher for their art form singers to create clothing for them. Um, so later, once Leshwe departs, Venley speaks to Schumann and Duell and Mazish about their cause. And she peeks into Shadesmar to look for spies. And she realizes that Leshwe is coming down. And instead of being caught, which is what she was worried about, that Leshwe is going to find out that she can do this, um, Leshwe instead tells Venley to prepare for a drastic turn to the war. And that ends on this cliffhanger. So let's react. <laughs> <laughs> so my first reaction is just it's super cool to see Wendy becoming a will shaper and sort of using her abilities as a not, not yet quite radiant as Tamba puts it, uh, mm -hmm. but at least a search binder and sort of combining them or complementing her fuse ability, uh, sorry, her regal abilities uh, here. And it's just... Ah, super awesome to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I really like seeing Venley in this kind of situation with um like she she has a secret and she's hiding it, but she's also, you know, on the side of the singer. So it's interesting. Yeah. And like we know she's a will shaper and especially with like the Radiant Order quiz that we got for the Kickstarter. Brent mm -hmm. really stressed that like the will shapers are about free or personal freedom and mm -hmm. sort of doing your own thing. And I like how that sort of came through in this chapter because Wendley talks about how she really feels like, so she literally calls it volition and agency. Mm -hmm. uh, she feels like those are the core tenets of like what she is supposed to be or what she's becoming. And I find it really cool. And I think that might have to do also with her singer nature because mm -hmm. Tamba might, because like the spren of a singer changes their form or yeah. affects their thinking. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe Tamba is sort of bleeding into her a little, if that makes sense. Like she, they take up the same views in a way. Yeah. Because um, when she looked into Shades where she saw she was looking at um, Schumann's soul in Shades by the flame or whatever. And she saw that it was connected to a gravitation spren mm -hmm. and that causes her uh, work form. And so maybe their connection, like it almost reminds me of like a bond between them and a lesser spren. And it's kind of emulating different abilities like we see in the Knights Radiant, but to a much lesser degree. So um, maybe she, since she has this ability to create a bond with a lesser spren to create her different forms, I'm thinking maybe that means that when she's bonded with Timber, she kind of, kind of assimilates him more in her gem heart than normally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that at least would sort of, we, we sort of see this a little bit maybe with humans, with how mm -hmm. they the further they progress with the oath that they sort of see the world more like their spread, but with singers being closer to the cognitive realm and all that, I feel like that's just natural for them to be sort of more in line with the spread in a way. And she's in a unique position because she's only said the first oath. So mm -hmm. Timber's like, you're not a full radiant yet. Don't call <laughs> yourself that. But she's also this regal, um, class of the singers, which is really interesting. So it goes singers, 
and then Regal, which they've bonded a void sprint in their gem heart. And then it goes fused, which are returning and taking the body. And then above the fused, they go to unmade and thunderclasts as being some kind of special creation. Yeah, I wrote wrote really one, like the singer regal fused hierarchy Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense, I feel. But a thunderclass being above the few or like and then the unmade being sort of the ultimate level of of um odium forces mm-hmm. makes also also makes sense but then the thunder class actually being higher than the fused it, it wasn't necessarily surprising to me but it's at least interesting because it, it makes me wonder whether the thunder class are just fused that were so completely warped by odium and sort of the conflict that they aren't really recognizable as mm-hmm. singers, singer souls anymore, or whether they're just high up, uh, like higher level widespread that um, like maybe it's on the level of Ulim and Yixli, I think is what it's called, like the uh, widespread we see in Oathbringer that lead the singers there. Um, Maybe that level of widespread can produce a thunder thunderclass. I don't know, but uh, I'm not sure because um, Venlis even thinks to herself like the unmade, and she also lumps the thunderclass in with them. They're more like spren than they are like souls. So it's like they've gone beyond this threshold of being a, a person like fused can still be considered a person but then she thinks of the unmade and the thunderclass is more like spren so maybe that's what the distinction is like that's their ultimate goal is to ascend into like a spren <laughs> type creation mm. it would fit yeah but like it's it's also a little surprising that like even venli doesn't know yet because she is yeah. actually quite um, she's young <laughs> new <laughs> she, yeah but she also has access to a lot of information I feel because she's mm-hmm. directly serving a fused and that she still hasn't figured out all of it is at least interesting to note yeah. well she also makes a distinguishing uh, remark about um, the rhythms and how there's a pure original rhythm. And then there's also one that's been almost like tainted by odium and stuff. So um, this unmade and thunderclass level is also like, it seems like it's out of the normal realm of what they're used to. And so, I don't know, it just seems very different um, for them. Like it's new for them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it makes sense to theorize about what the Thunderclass ultimately are, but yeah. going one or two power levels down, I guess, uh, the regal abilities we see from Wendley here are also really interesting. And like we saw her sort of using the Envoy form abilities to translate in Oathbringer, mm-hmm. but what she, what she shows of fear is an, on an even deeper level of connection, I feel. Yeah, the Envoy form is like. Um she's interpreting and and voicing um you know the fused needs and their wants and that's what the envoy form is for kind of so that she can serve them that's how she's using it anyways but she's also kind of 
likening it to how she can understand timber. Like she can already, she can kind of anticipate what, what Leshwi wants in a similar way to how she communicates with timber. At least that's how she describes it. Yeah. And like on a sort of realmatic level, I think that's really just for one, the rhythms sort of all are, they are similar on a basic level and sort of a sort of universal form of communication Rosha almost, but also it's probably just a matter of either her being better at connecting to people or mm-hmm. forming a connection to people, I guess, or it's because she has been around Lashley so long that she's sort of has built a natural connection to her and her envoy form abilities just enhance it further. Could also be um, like a, a, as an aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I wonder what kind of spread that the envoy form connects to. Because <laughs> it doesn't right. say. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking like the art form can be maybe kind of connected to the creation spren or something like that. Um, Probably, yeah. Uh, it's actually, or like well, what I found interesting, you mentioned earlier that uh, Shul, oh, what is her name? Schumann. Uh, Schumann, right, uh, is has bonded a, a, a gravitation spring, which mm-hmm. has granted her work form. And I find it quite like we, I don't think we knew what spring granted it uh, before. And I think it's just interesting to note that it's gravitation sprint because uh, Ash and I or Wendy or one of them remarks that work form is really sturdy and it's built for working sort of. And mm-hmm. it makes sense in a way that gravitation sprint would cause it because they cause them to be, I guess, more sturdy because mm-hmm. you have an... Or like a solid uh, form, mm-hmm. someone who can handle a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's not exactly intuitive though. Like you would think that it would be something else. Like I would never have been like, oh, of course it's the gravitation. <laughs> but now that I look back on it, it's like, oh, that, that, that makes it, sense. Yeah, <laughs> it at least makes sense. But there's also just so many sprints to choose yeah. from for any given yeah. form that like, yeah. okay, it could be any one of them. And but honestly, yeah, regard- we really don't know that many different types mm-hmm. of spren. Like we have a big list. And of course, I had to go and look on the copper mine while <laughs> I was reading this just to see like, Ooh, I wonder what the other ones do. But there's always like new spren showing up even in this book. Like we saw the mm-hmm. anguish spren and we saw these new, oh, these new ones that were named the secret spren. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're still learning all the different <laughs> types. So mm-hmm. it's kind of all just speculation at this point. And we got a secret spren. So if people don't remember, we had the screaming spren in Oathringer. Uh, when sort of Kaladin was um, wind running, I guess he was uh, attracting these spren. And also when they tried to use the span read, they also attracted spren that screamed. And I mean, it's not 100% sure. I'm not 100% sure that it's the secret spren, but it's like 99% because mm-hmm. what else would they be? And what I found interesting there is that apparently... Wenli looking into the cognitive realm did not attract them, but when she would use her molding stone abilities, which is cool as a side note that she even knows that she has them mm-hmm. yet and apparently can use them, that those do attract the secret spren. So 
I think that's a good parallel between sort of Shalan and and Kaladin, mm-hmm. where these more cognitive abilities, in a way, do not attract them, while the more physical ones, in a way, do. Yeah, there's always that kind of dichotomy of something physical, something more mental or emotional or something. So, or maybe it's just like the flashiness of something, <laughs> <laughs> like wind running or fusing stones together and the secret sprinter like oh look 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 you know it could also be a matter because i think that's what they theorize at least in all is that wind running just requires a lot of uh, investiture or like it is mm-hmm. a quite stormlight intensive work while at least live light weaving isn't necessarily so that might also be it but I think I, I kind of like the physical cognitive divide as well. Yeah. So yeah, something else that was interesting about that scene when when Lee worried about this uh, uh, secret spren was that we got another name for a brand of use. It's mm-hmm. another new term we learned this time around. And apparently uh, we also have the Mavset im or Mavset im. Yeah, so it's the similar construction to Shanaim, and so we have yeah. now Mavsim, and those are the one those ones of masks, and um, that's probably the one we saw in Oathbringer as well in the Gemstone Reserve in Thalena that was stealing the uh, honors drop from or the king's drop, one of those two from Lift, uh, not Lift, <laughs> God, Risen, Risen, <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah, it's just cool to have another name there. It's and it's odd. funny to see that they, they're kind of like distrustful or like creeped out by them because they definitely, that, that whole idea of like shape-shifting and stuff creeps mm-hmm. me out too. It's funny that that we're peeking into this culture that we don't really know all that much about and they're rebuilding the culture and everything from from being enslaved to being free and so we're we're kind of learning things as they learn things yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of their culture it's also nice to see how uh, Bentley looks upon the norm or common singers as she calls or as they call them mm-hmm. because they are still very much um well how to put it, they're very much affected by their upbringing uh, in Alethi culture. Mm-hmm. And they even have marriage mm-hmm. in, their, in their, or have adopted marriage for themselves, where Wendy thinks like, oh, she would have called um, him once mate, but they are actually married and she doesn't know what to think about it really. It's like cool to see her dealing with that here. Yeah. Yeah, that was really um, a big thing with her because she was like thinking... Man, her her mannerisms are so <laughs> alethi. And what are we going to do about this? Like, we need to have our own identity. And she's kind of getting frustrated with them being so similar to the humans and adopting their phrases. And instead of humming the rhythms of whatever, they're doing different expressions that she's not used to, or she 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 recognizes as being a human trait, or even an alethi trait. Mm-hmm. which is kind of sad because she's worrying about the the loss of her culture and her people's culture and she's trying to create a whole place for them and she's trying to 
set up a, a new place where they can be their own people. They have agency, like her, her mm-hmm. core tenant. <laughs> and, um, and she's, she's worried that they're so enmeshed in the human culture and the Alethi culture that they're not going to really have a sense or a real understanding of what they are. Um, I actually really like that Wendy is sort of trying to more because she thinks she's the last singer, uh, so mm-hmm. the last listener, and mm-hmm. we don't actually know what happened to the all the listeners who uh, didn't adopt storm form and they sort of vanished in the chasms somehow. And mm-hmm. I still hope they show up at some point because that didn't yet address at all really. Um, but yeah, she thinks she's the last listener, and so she wants to sort of revive her own culture. Like she doesn't mm-hmm. specifically doesn't want to um, sort of allow the the she literally causes indoctrination by the fused and instead wants to um, and also of course doesn't want them to be dominated by the humans and so the only way she sees out of it is uh, basically reviving the listeners and it's interesting to see how she sort of compares herself to the original listeners in a way. Like the mm-hmm. last legion who had the courage to get a, a break away from Odium's forces and how she's trying or aspiring to do the same in a way. Unless she even calls her the last listener. Mm-hmm. Like that's how she addresses her. Yeah, it's true. We don't we don't know what happened to those listeners. Um exactly. Uh, so we found the name for the teleporting fused demon looking guy, Lesian, yes, the pursuer. Did. It's very exciting. So I, I wonder, because um, Venley was thinking about the different rankings and how the fused even have ranks between themselves and how she she knows that Odium considers Leshwi to be one of the elite. So I wonder what Lesian's um, or Lesian or whatever it is. Um, I wonder what his... A ranking in the fused is 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 he above Leshwi, or is, is he like considered lesser? Because um, Leshwi kind of seems really annoyed by him and kind of you know looks down on him a little bit in that last chapter where they were fighting. I I don't know what 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 determines <laughs> who is elite in Odium's eyes because they were they were as they were thinking maybe it's because of Leshwi's fighting prowess, her um, skill in battle. Maybe it's because she's less mad than the others. Um, But we don't know uh, what the ranking is, or we know that Leshwi isn't at the top, but we don't know what the ranking is and why. Yeah, and like, especially with like, I wonder whether we can even compare Lesian and Leshwi, because Mm -hmm. maybe it's sort of like, among the brands of use, they have ranks. Like so, mm-hmm. there's Shanaim who are lower in the in the hierarchy, and Leshwi who is high up. And but she's still not like on top. She's mm-hmm. uh, just an elite, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, so maybe uh, we have this Shanaim um, hierarchy, and then the teleporting ones, which. We don't have a name for that brand yet, mm-hmm. um, but maybe they have their own hierarchy and you can't necessarily compare between the two. So oh. maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Speaking of which, you said brand. Oh. That, is, <laughs> that is the name of these <laughs> these new creations, a few. So 
they're brands. Yeah, yeah. the the different orders are called brands. Mm-hmm. Which and I don't think I'm a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds weird, like in a in a as in English, basically. But yeah. I do wonder whether because Wendy specifically says it, the word makes her think of branding someone, like putting yes. metal hot metal on yeah. someone and branding them literally. So I wonder whether uh, or I sus- or I guess that in Alethi or in the singer language, it's actually also the word for a brand, like a brand, and yeah. a, a branding. So I do wonder whether it, it does have a deeper connection and actually is sort of like because the fuse were branded in some way at some point, maybe. And yeah, but I do agree that I don't personally or don't particularly like it either as a name for. It'll be interesting to see what it gets translated into when the different translations come out. Right. Because brand to me, as you know, just speaking colloquial English, brand sounds like what type of cereal are you (laughs) or whatever. It doesn't sound like, you know, a cattle brand or, um, you know, like the brands that Kaladin has on his forehead. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not what I immediately connected to. So when I first read that, I was like, a brand <laughs> kind of sounded yeah. weird to me. Even as a like second language speaker, it's same for me. Like brands mm-hmm. are just brands and not like, what Kaladin has. And yeah. yeah, I do wonder how they, or I guess we could glean something from the translation there. Mm-hmm. Or, or at least in, in German, you could also say Marke for it. And I can't even come up mm-hmm. what like a brand with hot iron would be called at maybe the like a, like a sigil or something mm-hmm. um, yeah but but at least now we have a name for their different orders their different yeah. brands instead so that's a, at least <laughs> we can stop saying whatever <laughs> it's gonna be the type you know uh, it's good to have a term yeah even yeah if you don't like it but yeah uh because you talked about how their rank is determined, uh, determined, I wonder whether it's also maybe just by seniority. And mm. because we don't really have an answer yet for where the fuse originally came from, just know they're ancient singers, singer souls. But I somewhat doubt that they all were created, or I, what happened to them in the first place? Like, mm-hmm. how did Odin create them? Yeah. And, or sort of transform them. So I wonder whether there are generations of fused and like after each desolation, new ones would become fused and the ranks are just based on how long ago it was, sort of like it we have with the Kandra. That mm. might work. Um, or it, it almost, with the text as it is, it almost sounded like it's more of a recent thing because Venli was thinking, well, she's more elite because of her, um, she's not quite as mad as everybody else's. So maybe these new rankings are more modern. Um, they, they come from maybe their, their actions. Um, you know, if they have a big victory in a battle or something, maybe they get promoted within these ranks or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could also be. But yeah, like speaking of the fuse in general, I find it also really interesting how like Lesion has that, like he himself has the title of pursuer. Mm-hmm. It's not that uh, I at first thought maybe it's sort of like their brand name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their brand t- name? <laughs> 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 like they yeah. are the 
<laughs> the pursuing ones in a way, uh, these teleporting ones, but then it made, made it more clear that he is the pursuer and only him. So it was fun to read how apparently the fused were surprised or like they were a little pissed off in a way that the new singers didn't recognize them when they came back mm-hmm. and don't know them. And I, yeah, I find it funny that they would be so, I don't know, uh, they would derive. Kind of <laughs> yeah, they're a little petty, yeah. Um, actually, that was one thing I thought was really neat. When they come back, they keep their marbling on their face similar. And then they also, so that means they, they have some kind of control over that, over the body. And then they can also grow their carapace, like, in specific patterns that make them recognizable, even if they're in the new body. Because we see Leshwi is in a melon body, so she's, like, shaving the hairs off of her face and stuff because she still wants to be recognized as Leshwi, even though she's in a completely new body. Yeah. That's actually quite interesting that she's in a melon body. Like, not just that she is in a melon body, but um, in the previous chapters, nobody really noticed it. Because mm-hmm. for one, I guess male and female aren't that different in the singer mm-hmm. forms because uh, they are both more gender new or neutral than actual male and female. But it's still kind of funny to see that the humans obviously think of her as a woman and probably would never think that she's in a male body mm-hmm. at the moment, but she actually is. And yeah. that's kind of cool, yeah. And and she she has preferences about how she looks and she wants to be recognized. So by shaving the whiskers, she hates the whiskers on her face and stuff. Um, it's just a little bit of character building, I think, for her. But yeah, they they seem to have a lot more control about their of their bodies than obviously humans do. Like they can grow carapace in specific ways. They decorate their hair in different ways, and they. Um, can change the marbling. I don't know if they change it based on like what their identity is or if they can actually change it by like at will or not. I think it's more uh, the former, like it's maybe or probably a function of how the, it's not really a bond, but how the possessing process Mm -hmm. works in a way or possession process. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's, I guess it just makes because singers sort of are recognizable by their pattern in general by other singers. Mm-hmm. So it's part of their identity probably on of their spirit web in some way. And so they, the body just naturally conforms to it in some way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they, because they were mentioning with Lesian in the previous chapter that he has this really cool, like design on his face that is uniquely his. Um, so if he keeps that between all of his bodies, that'll be a, a neat way to recognize mm-hmm. him. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, he does have to come back now and, mm-hmm. uh, because we have his name now. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> He's not a throwaway character anymore. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of him though. Um, so Leshwi has having this conversation with Venli about Kaladin and they called him him. Like they're not even allowed to say his name. Uh, they don't really need to. And she was saying something like she feared that she wasn't able to fight him again. Kaladin. Um, but she doesn't really say why. And then later, like her next thing that she says is that he killed Leslie and the pursuer. It's almost like she's 
saying that because he killed Leslie and the pursuer, she's not going to be able to fight him again. And I don't know exactly why. Because we know we know he was taken out of commission. We know that Dalinar was like, listen, you're not going to be fighting on the front lines anymore. I'm sorry. But does she know that? Like, how would she know that? <laughs> Admittedly, I miss that she even said that, that he, she thought he, uh, she wouldn't fight him again. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that is weird that she doesn't really, or that she feels that way. Like yeah. maybe it's just a hunch and she think like, oh. Or maybe uh, she knew, since she knew that Vire was there, Moash, um, maybe yeah. that, maybe that was what she was talking about. Like maybe she, he was going in there specifically to kill Kaladin. And so maybe she thought that he succeeded or something. I don't know. Mm. Could be, yeah. But I guess we don't know where Moash went after mm-hmm. he fled the building. So maybe he hasn't come back yet. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. And then with but the cliffhanger at the cliffhanger at the end of the chapter, this chapter, um, she says like the tides are changing in this war. I wonder if that has something to do with Kaladin no longer fighting or if there's something else that, that showed up. Yeah, that, that could very well be. Hmm. I mean, I kind of hate that we even have a cliffhanger here because, <laughs> of course, when you're reading the book, it's not, it is a bit of a cliffhanger, but not really because mm-hmm. you can just read on. But it's, it's a page really turner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't have any more yeah. pages to turn. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of like, it's cool that we have these previews, but uh, we also get it cliffhanger. It's a difficult. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wondering what that is all about. Like, what would have even Leshri worried about mm-hmm. uh, the war and how it might change? Mm-hmm. So, and do you think that she actually caught Venley doing something fishy in Shadesmar, or do you think that she was too preoccupied that she didn't actually pick up on that? Hmm. I, I think she I missed was, it. I think it was like a close call that she, she didn't quite realize what was going on and and venley just scraped by you know <laughs> at least slowly catching on or at, mm-hmm. at least has a hunch that there might something might be something that's up with venley because she also has like or she notices how venley reacts to um what she says and mm-hmm. how she feels about because um we had, haven't even talked about this yet but uh I have forgotten her name again. Lokska. Oh. Uh, yeah, oh. Lokska is oh, making yeah, a comeback yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, like, Wenli wants to judge Lashwi's reaction to uh, introducing another human to her. And um, I think that Wenli is also sort of seeing her, oh, she's interested in my interest in this human, I feel. And so I think Lashwi at least would be clever enough to at least have an idea of what Wenli might be up to. Nothing concrete, Lesh- but... Leshri um, seems very cunning. Like, she seems mm-hmm. very intelligent, and she picks up on things really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I feel like she, yeah, at least would have an idea that something's up with Wenli. I, I would and, agree that in this instance, yeah, she didn't notice, but yeah. <laughs> well, earlier, before that happened, when she's talking to Venley, she's like, I can see the truth in you, Venley, last listener. And Venley was like, mm, if that was true, uh, you'd probably kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 
I wonder if that was like, I, I see what you're doing, but I don't know why or something like that. Like maybe she's picking up on little things and mm. she's not quite trusting Venley as much as she did at the beginning. It's Venley's kind of like a, a spy. She's kind of in the same situation yeah. that Shalon was at the beginning. Basically, <laughs> like, yeah. And I do wonder, like I, we definitely find out about this more, but whether Venley whether she would be willing to join the knights or like Delina's knights radiant because mm. she calls herself knight radiant and then right. Tamba Tamba um, corrects her. So uh, yeah, I do wonder where that will go and mm-hmm. where, how their path will intersect. And she's trying to figure out a way to help other people bond with Spren so that they are, they can guard their gem hearts against the void Spren. So she's going to have to talk to to Timber and all of those people in Shadesmar, people Spren <laughs> in Shadesmar, like about what, how do they feel about you know bonding with singers? And that was something I was wondering about as well because Wenli says that she or tells the other singers that she was contacted by Spren sort of with the uh, on behalf of the entire people mm. and uh, I wonder whether she lied a little there because she's only referring to Tamba there and uh, or whether she actually had contact with a, a higher up in a way of the light Spren mm. maybe because we do know that at least Aiko who I don't know if it is confirmed but uh it's strongly implied that he is Tamba's father and he wasn't okay with uh, her bonding anybody. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's a general disagreement there and the, mm-hmm. the light sprint general don't necessarily want to bond sprint. Yeah. Um, I, I read that as that she was talking about Timber cause she didn't want to reveal her ace that, you know, she had spoken the, the first oath. Or anything. So she's keeping that secret from everybody, even her allies right now, because she's making it seem like she has to do more research about it and figure out how to get other people to bond so that they can protect themselves. So she's trying to keep it from coming to light, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before, like she wants to control the way that this information is, is given out. Yep. And I like how Tamba is like, no, uh, or please tell them the truth. And mm-hmm. I guess it's just a very sprint-like thing to do because yeah. maybe she also worries about their bond because mm-hmm. it might negatively affect it. But yeah. Yeah, she's like denying something mm-hmm. about it. Um, but I think that what she's doing is is smart. Like she doesn't want to be blabbing. Like she even had to look into Shadesmar to make sure that Schumann wasn't a spy. Like she saw the gravitation spread in the soul and she didn't see anything else there. So so she has to be really careful in her situation. <laughs> oh, she definitely has to, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, jumping back all the way to the beginning of this chapter, mm-hmm. just a quick thing I noticed or found neat is that Wenli or like, that all this happens on a tall tower in Kolina mm-hmm. that was built specifically for Leshui. Mm-hmm. And Wenli is reminded of Narak, or what was formerly Stormseed there. 
and that made me wonder whether Stormseed maybe was occupied for a longer time by the singers at some point in a, one of the in one of the desolations, and then they had towers built there for the fuse, and the humans later just sort of t took them over and never uh, broke them down again. Like I think that be really neat as a history for Stormseed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the, those towers being there because, I mean, whenever I think about the fused, I always think about when when they're floating and their gowns are draping down and they're always around these like tall, spiky towers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's neat to see how that's changed. And, and Venley's like thinking about how it, it doesn't, it feels a little weird, like like a capstone that's too large or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, yeah, just a neat thing to notice. <laughs> do we know what a storm setter is? Because Duel is the storm setter, and the whole thing is that Schumann is going to be the storm setter's assistant. Wenli does say that the storm setter apparently just is sort of, I guess, a steward and so on, but he's just responsible for tucking away everything before high storm and then rearranging it after it. So mm. I think so it's like just preparations uh, before that mm -hmm. or something. It's just mm. like, I, I thought that was a neat term. <laughs> Storm yeah, it center. is. Yeah. But it's also kind of uh, like, if that's all they do, it's kind of lame. <laughs> <Just all that. laughs> hey, lame. Everybody is important. <laughs> True, Every yeah. job in the infrastructure is important. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, just a quick note also on, because you said job and mm -hmm. we didn't really talk about Yoxka yet, mm -hmm. um, but Leshwi says that she doesn't accept Yoxka as a, like, she doesn't want to elevate her, but she would be willing to have one of the art forms be trained mm -hmm. by her. I think that's actually quite interesting because apparently, even though art form is skilled at art, they don't necessarily come with the skills uh, so they actually have to still have to learn right and, well yeah. they, they have to relearn like textiles and things um yeah. you know tailoring and creating like um clothing that will work for the fused because when leshwi first lands they're like unhooking things and this long train that she wears and stuff and that's very different from you know Alethi clothing and any mm -hmm. any normal clothing, you know, for the humans. So, um, yeah, Yokska. Uh, <laughs> I was I was thinking. So she was Adolin's like Adolin was a big patron of hers, right? So, uh -huh. kind of his his favorite tailor. I was just thinking, like, if he sees Leshwi flying around <laughs> in one of Yokska's clothes, he's going to be like so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to see Yokska's designs on mm -hmm. a fuse. <laughs> I just thought that would have been a funny encounter when he like recognizes that Yokska was the one who made the clothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we know from the back of the book blurb that they will be going to Shadesma. So mm -hmm. maybe we can also reunite Yokska with Adolin in some way when Wenli takes her with her to the cocktail frame and they <laughs> Meet at last in <laughs> It just so Yoks, uh, like Adrian and his tailor um, can be reunited. 
I, I love it when like these really secondary like characters are brought back over and over and over mm-hmm. again. <laughs> and then people have all these crazy theories about them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Yokska. Yokska's back. It's just cool to see that she survived the mm-hmm. like fall of Colina at all. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you wanted to discuss? I think that's about it from... It was a long chapter, but um, like not a lot actually really happened, but a lot of stuff was <laughs> yeah. revealed. Yeah, a lot of stuff just to catch up with on like yeah. the singer side. So. And it's so exciting. Finally, a Venli chapter after yeah. all these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, um, you can find all of these preview chapters 9 a.m. Eastern time on Tor.com, and we'll let you know on 17thshard.com right at 9 when they come out. And you can discuss the chapters with us on our Discord, on our forums, in the comments, wherever you'd like. We'd love to talk to you about it. Bye. See you next week.